We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. For years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective. You know, I say it every week. There will be no squishy, soft-handed, soft-footed rhinos here, I assure you. I'm your host, Brooke Says, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable, and columnist, which you can read on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. It's Brooke with an E. Connect on all the interwebs. I'm on Facebook, Twitter. Send me an email. Go to the website. We do Um, If you'd like to partner with the show and become a sponsor, let me know. We do have a donate button on the site if you'd like to help get this conservative message out there. And we do have some new merchandise on the shop. I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim Warshuk, who's the former deputy director for intelligence at U.S. Central Command. He served on the White House National Security Council and is currently and well-deserved re-elected as the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. Also a very strong conservative who, like me, gets in trouble for being so. It's great. He also writes articles. You can see them on his Facebook page. So you know the drill from hot topics to history. You can be sure if it's happening in America and there is definitely a lot. I'll be talking about it. You can listen to archive podcasts of this show on my website. Also, I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every Tuesday morning at 530 a.m. Colonel Jim is on Wednesdays at 5 a.m. That's for the early bird risers, both on this station, Salem Media Group on AM860, The Answer. And the podcast is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podomatic. So let's get to the jelly. My guest today is Representative Anthony Sabatini, who is a Republican member of the Florida legislature who represents the 32nd House District and who is also captain of the Florida Army National Guard. So also thank you for your service. Uh, he is a good conservative Republican who, like me, likes to battle on Twitter. He has excellent Twitter game. He's been on the show before to talk about the mask mandates, and now he is here to talk about his bill prohibiting the mandatory enforcement of the coronavirus vaccine in Florida, as well as we will talk about the um, have an update on the mask ordinances and his effort to abolish them. You can find him on Twitter It's and Facebook. It's Sabatini with one N. And with that, welcome back to the show. Anthony, thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on, Brooke. Absolutely. So you have, uh, like like I mentioned, you have been a strong fighter against the mask mandates, well, we, which we will get into a, a little bit later. But currently you filed a legislation, HB6003, which is a bill to eliminate the state's power to mandate vaccines during a public health emergency. Many, including myself, are concerned about the vaccine for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is seeing the nurse pass out on national TV from it. That was quite shocking. But another reason, uh, especially on our side, is that we also question the the legitimacy of the coronavirus death numbers, which, in my personal opinion, I know Colonel Jim agrees, is uh, illegitimate, much like Joe Biden's election. In Florida... Uh, motorcycle fatality, as well as a guy falling off the roof, were classified as dying of 
corona vaccine instead of virus instead of from it. And yesterday it came out that Grand County, Colorado, a coroner had said that 40 percent of the deaths, the deaths classified as being from coronavirus were actually from gunshot wounds. So that's one reason people are concerned about it. But the other is that creepy Bill Gates is associated with it. So that's something else. Um so, you know, and whether we need the vaccine, but talk about your, so they're worried about the safety of it as well as, you know, questioning some of the other issues. So talk about your bill and explain why you've put it forward. I mean, some people think, oh, well, we have DeSantis. He's so great. He won't make it mandatory. We'll be fine. But that's not the case, is it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the mandate vaccine mandatory law in Florida that's existed for 20 years is uh, really bad. Thankfully, our governor, like you mentioned, wouldn't use it, but the option is still there. And so we have to curtail we have to limit a bunch of these emergency powers that uh, are just straight up bad invasive policy that exists presently we have to do it now before the next election if not you know when this pandemic which seems like it will never end right uh, is ongoing with a new governor that could it could be easily abused and who is the who is in charge of actually enforcing that now? Like it's not necessarily in DeSantis' hands, unless unless this. What, what's the process? So like it's not in his hands; it's someone else's hands, and it's the state legislature that has to make the law in order to do that, right? Explain the whole process. No, there's a law that grants the governor the power to mandate vaccines. The legislature passed that law almost 20 years ago. It's never been used, but it was passed 20 years ago. It gives the governor that ability. And technically, it's uh, one of the employees of the governor makes the decision, but it's still the governor. 100 percent of the executive power is the governor. So it's just one of his delegates. But so the governor has that power because it was given to him by the legislature. Now we need the legislature needs to eliminate that law. Okay, and so in the case, you know, God forbid, so if he wasn't reelected, then the next governor would be able to mandate that you have to take the vaccine. Is that correct? Yeah, any governor can just mandate the vaccine at any time during a state of emergency under the present law. We have to get rid of the law so that way no governor could ever do it now or tomorrow or whenever it happens. All right, so that's HB 6003, and it's already been put forth is it in uh, committee and being discussed? No, the uh, the leadership in Tallahassee hasn't commented on the bill. I'm afraid that weak uh, liter- leadership in uh, the established establishment part of the Republican Party might try to actually fight this bill, uh, mostly because they're really tight with some of the big pharmaceutical industries uh, and individuals who are actually in, in, in favor of these uh, really, really powerful, invasive medical uh, laws that, that the government wields presently. So we need the grassroots to step up, talk to their legislators, the House, the senators, the leadership, and make sure that they understand we want this bill gone. It needs to be eliminated. Wow. Okay, so that's an action item. So you need to put pressure on your elected representatives to make sure that they do not make this mandatory, especially until we see that it's completely safe. So there is another issue, as I mentioned. You had uh, you were on the show earlier, as I mentioned, to talk about man- mask mandates. You had several lawsuits around the state, include, including, I believe, in Hillsborough County, trying to get them struck down. The uh, Explain what happened. So DeSantis said they're not going to have fines and enforcement, but that didn't necessarily take away their ability to actually 
have mandates and and uh, I know some of the some of the counties Polk County doesn't have it Manatee doesn't have it but my county Hillsborough our county Hillsborough County has it and they've recently come out stronger for the restaurants this idiocy about saying well you you can't stand by the bar if you're seated at the bar you cannot you can you're okay but if you're standing by the bar you have to wear you can't even stand by the bar so explain why the situation uh, I saw you commenting on a Twitter explain why your lawsuits were not able to actually abolish the mandates themselves and what the citizens can do to make it happen uh, well, that's a lot to unpack. You're talking about the newest silver laws that we're talking about. Well, the general mask mandates. What is it? How does it stand as far as from DeSantis' standpoint of what he actually did and why it hasn't eliminated the mandates themselves? And then, yeah, talk about Hillsborough. Yeah. So there, uh, the governor has done a pretty good job, but he could be doing a much better job by eliminating the ability of local governments to uh, interfere with businesses. He actually has chosen not to do that. There's a lot of confusion about that. Right. There's a lot of people who think the governor stopped all the mandates and stopped the lockdown, stopped the mass mandates, but he actually didn't. Uh, What the governor did is he said that he waived temporarily fines from being imposed upon individuals, penalties from being imposed upon individuals. So, for example, the city of Tampa can't just pass a law tomorrow saying everywhere you are you have to wear a mask. If not, you'll be arrested and fined. He he temporarily suspended that, Okay. those penalties and fines. But what he didn't do is he did not suspend or stop any of those penalties against businesses. Yeah. Why he didn't do that, I don't understand. I've, I've written in many letters. I've tried to get in trouble. Uh, in touch with him on the issue, but he's decided to allow all the local governments to do whatever they want to the businesses. So, so what's happening now, and it's happened for really since September, is the local governments are going crazy trying to basically make themselves feel important by passing yeah. all types of new restrictions on these businesses, including really aggressive face mask rules. For example, in Tampa, if you're at your table in a restaurant and you stand up and you're not, if your mask isn't on already, the restaurant can be fined like $500. It's insane. And in Orlando, the maximum fine for a COVID violation of the businesses is $15,000. Wow. And the governor is allowing them to do this. And, of course, some of the things that the San has just done has been good, but he needs to – Stop these local governments from bullying. I'm not sure why he's allowing them to do it, but he needs to stop allowing them to do anything related to COVID. The local governments haven't done anything good. They've only made things worse and destroyed our economy. They need to be eliminated from doing so, and he can do it through an executive order at any time. Well, absolutely. And the thing is, is that I just you just know that. More John Morgan is out there, the ambulance chaser that he is, just waiting to sue everybody. So that's why they're so scared they're going to make it mandatory. It's really ridiculous, that that issue about the restaurants. But he actually tweeted a couple of days ago that he had, uh, it might have been yesterday, that he had met with the restaurant industry. So I don't understand why... You know why he hasn't done that. But hold that thought. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Representative Anthony Sabatini, and you will be right back. We will be right back. <laughs> More Brooke Talks America coming up.
Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by Twitter at Talks America. Here's Brooks Says. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. I'm here with Anthony Sabatini. So as you mentioned, um, the, the issue with the mask, and this was why I just knew, I mean, you know, it's but we're in like not month nine or ten now of or month nine of fifteen days to flatten the curve. So you know that especially Democrats, whenever Democrats get power, they're not likely to to take it out. And the mask situation is like the problem with the initial in you know in input of the mask mandate is that it it made it incumbent upon businesses in order to protect themselves so they were definitely going to do it and as long as you keep that in place they're absolutely never going to get rid of it because they're going to have liability and insurance and the newest cares which doesn't care really about the people the cares act situation does not give liability protection to businesses so they the democrats yielded on salt but the republicans yielded on protections for liability so it looks like we're never going to get out of this weird dystopian mask situation which really makes me insane i don't wear i haven't shopped in a lot of stores because of that because i refuse to wear the mask and when i do it i don't wear it right and people give me looks uh, when I wear it. But anyways, so I watched uh, this is a kind of a little separate note. I watched an interview that you had with Brianna Keeler at the time on CNN. You did very well. You held your own. She was trying to bait you with her arrogant snarkiness, which she always has. They always think that they know better than you. But you held her. You know, she was trying to tell you that she knew more about the coronavirus in Florida. But uh, like I said, you held your own. You're a conservative fighter with great Twitter game. Uh, did you see the video of Governor DeSantis hitting back? against the reporter who called the uh, serving of the rightful warrant a raid? Uh, who said that? Well, who was it? It was uh, DeSantis that had an... In, uh, someone had asked him about this raid that they had. Uh, you know, it was a, they were serving a rightful warrant, but the, the reporter called it a raid, and DeSantis basically slapped back and, said, and, and went against... Did you see that video? Oh yeah, I think I saw that. It was good. That's that's how every answer should be. Then again, I wouldn't even I probably wouldn't even answer well, most of those people's questions. It's such a joke. The process is a joke. Yes, and that's the thing because it was I thought it was so awesome and I thought every Republican who gets into office needs to you know, Trump does President Trump does that because he's a fighter. But I thought it was illustrative and that if if anybody was going into politics, they should absolutely look at that video. And that is how you need to respond to these little vipers in the media when they go after you, because we Mm -hmm. want people who, you know, the base wants a fighter, which is why they elected President Trump. But I wanted to, you know, I think, um, you know, like I say, I watch you on Twitter and you're a fighter and you're an unapologetic conservative as well. And are you being denied? You know, I saw your, your uh, post that you made. I think it was on Facebook. Are you being denied committee assignments for that same kind of reason? What's going on with that? Yeah, I'm being targeted right now by the establishment leadership in the Florida House of Representatives because I've been really anti-lockdown, anti-mask, pro-Trump, and just very critical of local government all the, on all the rest of it. And so... Uh, there's a lot of really soft establishment Republicans in the caucus who are trying to orient the party in a really uh, a more of a liberal direction, something like the, what the Republican Party was in the early Bush years. <laughs> and uh, guys like me, they're trying to drop the hammer on. So they've stripped me from several committees. I have less committees than any Republican, uh, comparable uh, pure Republican in the House. 
and it's by design. They're trying to basically diminish the influence of the uh, the people, more pro-liberty Republicans who speak out more. Well, yeah, it's not. It's actually not surprising, and and I think that the the Florida there's a there's a sort of Rubio Bush wing of the Florida Republican Party that's going all throughout the state and trying to take power back from the conservatives, including locally in Hillsborough County. So that is not a good thing. But uh, like I, I definitely appreciate that you're very outspoken. You will be the future leader, the leader of the of any kind of Republican Party, and they will all go by the wayside. I assure you, we ju- you just keep speaking out. We'll keep speaking out and just let everybody know and continue to hammer that. We get some grief locally because when they, they're like, don't use the word rhino, don't use the word rhino, we need to have a big tent. And I'm like, Trump is an absolute unabashed fighter and he has brought in the tent more than any Republican ever in history. And it's because they like fighters. So keep fighting yourself. But on a completely separate note, uh, you were born in New York, uh, mm-hmm. but moved with your family to Florida at one years old. Uh, and you moved, you were, you were born in a place that's close to Manhattan. Do you, uh, does your family, do you still have family that lives there? And if so, what do they think about what's going on with de Blasio and Cuomo? Well, I think they should be in prison for the rest of their lives. <laughs> competent, horrible, failed leaders that are responsible for the deaths of many, many people and, have actually profited on it through book deals and everything else. Unbelievable. And, and now they're still destroying family businesses, shutting down restaurants and all the rest of it. They're an embarrassment to the United States. Uh, and I hate to even admit the fact that they're Italian. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was so. thinking about that. I was going to ask you that question, but it, it's it's true. They're really bad. These are really, I mean, they're, I think so. I think they're actually really just bad human beings, yes. not just wrong on politics. I think they're actually malevolent individuals that really like to see people that they don't agree with harmed and destroyed. And that, and that's what you see. I think the body is legitimate communist. Yes. I was actually a Democrat when I was 18 years old and, and uh, didn't really know anything about politics and drifted aimlessly for years, not uninterested in politics, but I moved to New York city for a job and I happened to move to New York city the day that the Blasio was elected in 2013 and um, that's what made me uh, so conservative and political was being living in New York City under de Blasio's first term. Wow. It shocked me and it was scary. And I decided that uh, it was wrong and I didn't want the country to turn anything out similar to uh, what he was creating there. So I moved back to Florida, got involved and the rest is history. Well, good for you. And the thing is, is that um, we're so lucky to have uh DeSantis as governor here. I mean, if we had had Gillum, you know, there's no question not only that the state would have been uh, had major problems in the election for 2020, but we would definitely be shut down. And speaking of uh, de Blasio, though, I mean, the the idea that Cuomo gets an Emmy is so shocking that it just like literally stuns the senses but de blasio is even as bad as cuomo's de blasio is even worse there was a video out this week i mean he has talked about it before right about you know redistribution but he actually has a video out i'm old enough to remember i'm sure you are when we got called all kind of names which you know if you criticize obama for anything you would be called a racist of course but we got called all sorts of names for calling 
Obama a Marxist? And when he came out with Joe the Plumber talking about, you know, redistribute the wealth and everything like that. And now they don't even hide it anymore. And it's not there. And they are not even socialists anymore. Like you say, they're straight out communists. And he comes out with this video. It's like he's not redistribute redistributing wealth. He's only redistributing misery. Mm. And that's the only thing that communists can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. I wish you the best of luck with your bill. And I will put information on my Facebook page and Twitter page on how people can get in touch. They need to contact DeSantis about the mask mandates, taking off the fines for businesses and contact your house and local uh, representatives for this no vaccine mask. We need to make sure that that is out for the coronavirus. It has come too quickly. Uh, for us to be mandated about that. I'm really concerned. There are some questions of, of the components of the vaccine, too, which any pro-lifer should look into. It's very upsetting. So I want to thank you for coming on. Follow Anthony Sabatini on Facebook and Twitter. Have, Merry Christmas, Anthony. Hey, thank you, Brooke. Talk to you soon. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. God bless. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, on AM860, The Answer, Salem Media Group, and we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. December 25th, 1914, only five months into World War I, German, British, and French soldiers already weary of senseless killing disobeyed their superiors and fraternized with enemy combatants along the Western Front. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, despite the threat of severe punishment from their superiors, German soldiers held up Christmas trees out of the trenches with Merry Christmas signs. Thousands of troops streamed across a no-man's land strewn with rotting corpses. They sang Christmas carols. And because of the impact of Christ's love at Christmas, soldiers embraced one another, who just hours before were trying to kill each other. They even agreed to warn each other if the top brass forced them to fire their weapons again. Generals on all sides declared that spontaneous Christmas-inspired peacemaking was treasonous and subject to court-martial. By March 1915, the fraternization movement had been eradicated, and the killing was back in full operation. By the time of armistice in 1918, 15 million would be slaughtered. As we celebrate Christmas once again, I look forward to the day when the peace and goodwill inspired by the birth of Jesus will be a permanent gift we give to one another. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. To Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by email info at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. That was an excellent Edwards notebook by Ron Edwards. That's an incredible story, too. There's a movie, in case you haven't seen it, it's Joya Noel. It's about that story, and it was just amazing. We couldn't even imagine something like that today, but it was a it was a heartwarming and shocking uh, 
shocking story in the midst of all that insane brutality. This show is brought to you by 656 Electric. It's veteran owned. No job too big, no job too small. You get a $65 an hour rate for all Brook Talks America listeners. Tell them I sent you. They serve Tampa and the surrounding areas. Promo code is BTA20. Phone number is 863-969-7790. So I wanted to, you know, just a little note on the coronavirus, because obviously there's still, we're just probably never going to get out of that. Uh, Thank God we live in America. Some parts, anyways, of America are still America. And thank God we live in Florida, of course, because we do have our great governor. You know, there are things that I would change, you know, some things that I wouldn't have any mask mandates or allow it, but we are definitely grateful to be living here in this country and to be living in this state. But in all, the left is apparently never, ever going to let it go. Listen to this clip uh, from MSNBC's Dr. Gupta. There's a different Gupta. Are you getting your uh, vaccination this week? Uh, tomorrow morning, and I'm and I'm grateful for it. Um, Chuck, I just wanted to say, uh, just a follow-up on what Yasmin mentioned, uh, just for your viewers out there, um, I, I know one of uh, the, the individuals who we just saw getting vaccinated is planning on traveling after the second dose. I, I, th- this is a source of confusion, but no, uh, this is one of the misperceptions here. Just because you get vaccinated with that second dose does not mean you should be participating in things like traveling in the middle of an out-of-control pandemic or that you're liberated from masks. Mm-hmm. Everything still applies until all of us get the two-dose regimen. We don't think that's going to happen until June, July. But And again, this goes back to what we just talked about, Chuck. We don't know if just getting the vaccination prevents serious illness, or does it also prevent you from getting infection um, entirely, meaning you can still get infected with the virus potentially and pass it on to others. So really, really critical. Don't let your guard down just because you got vaccinated. You still might be able to get right. infected with the virus and pass it on others. So please keep that in mind. Oh. We've all learned how much the asymptomatic has actually been the super spreaders. So in the headline of the of this particular clip, it says just because you don't just because you get vaccinated doesn't mean you should be traveling or that you're liberated from masks. That's an interesting word, huh? Liberated. Oh, listen, Gupta, you're not the boss of me. And not only me, not only am I not getting your stupid non-doctor vaccine, uh, Bill Gates vaccine, but I'm also not wearing a mask. You thought that you would be getting a vaccine and we could be finished with this dystopian mask wearing muzzling of everybody? No, 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 not so soon, people, not so soon. They're never going to give it up. Never. Gates came out and said, Fauci, oh my God, Fauci, seriously, you know my feelings about Fauci. But Gates came out, oh no, we're not going to be back to normal till 2022. Let me see, what's in 2022? Oh yeah, the midterms. You have to look deeper, people. You have to look at what they're trying to do. They're never going to get out of it, okay? They never want you to be finished with it because they want to have control forever. So to the election, obviously, that is still going on. Just like coronavirus, the election apparently will never end either. But I thought that this was interesting. I I ended up hearing that this week. What do you know? Sleepy Joe was actually on our side on election reform. I want to actually have an impact. Now, the second piece you're talking about, which is what people usually mean by election reform, how are you going to keep it from us being able to be in a position where you can manipulate the machines, manipulate the records? The one way to do that is I think we should pass a federal law 
mandating that the same machines with paper trails be mandatory for every federal election. That will be a multi-billion dollar bill for the states because the states will have to make a choice then. They will have to make a choice whether or not they have two machines. We can't mandate, as you know, state elections. We can't tell the state of Delaware or Ohio or Texas what machines and what method they use to vote in their state election, but we can do it federally. So in a nutshell, I think we should be mandating, mandating that we have a paper ballot with a standardized machine, standardized uh, requirement. Well, that was apparently before he had dementia, when he was actually able to speak, you know, in uh, coherent sentences. Uh, apparently, though, he's not for that idea anymore. Isn't it interesting how cheating in the election changes the person? Yeah, I said it. I always do. You know, I will always say the truth. So thank God for Rand Paul. You know, he's a libertarian, a little bit of an anarchist, those people. But he actually admits to what we all know about the election. A lot of the laws that have to be confirmed and I think reaffirmed are state laws, so it's not in our purview, but the state laws are set and then we have federal elections. So what we've heard about what happened in Wisconsin, what happened in Nevada, I think is absolutely true and we have to prevent it from happening again. I think state legislators legislatures will need to reaffirm that election law can only be chained by a state legislature. So I think there's a lot of work to be done. While we will not dictate it to the states, I think we should have hearings going into the next year, hearing from state legislatures and what they're going to do to make sure election law is upheld, not changed by people who are not legislators. And uh, we do have an interest in that. I don't want it to be federalized. Many on the other side of the aisle would just soon federalize it and mail everybody a ballot and we'll have this universal corruption throughout the land. But what I think we need to do is keep it at the state level. But we can't just say it didn't happen. We can't just say, oh, 4,000 people voted in Nevada that were non-citizens and we're just going to ignore it. We're going to sweep it under the rug and say, oh, the courts have decided the facts. The courts have not decided the facts. The courts never looked at the facts. The courts don't like elections and so they stayed out of it by finding an excuse standing or otherwise to stay out of it but the fraud happened the election in many ways was stolen and the only way it'll be fixed is by in the future reinforcing the laws that's absolutely true i'm glad he said it in that way the election was stolen just a little note it appears that our boy mitch china mitch received donations from voting machine lobbyists before blocking election security bills. Maybe we ought to check his and Gramnesty's results in, in uh, South Carolina and Kentucky. Hmm? A, 19, a 2019 report is making the rounds accusing McConnell of taking donations from voting machine lobbyists before blocking an election security bill that would burden the companies. ESNS and Dominion are two companies in question. Very interesting. They're not fighting very hard for Trump, but don't you know they want you to jump over hoops to get uh, Purdue and Loeffler elected, who are also not fighting for Trump. So there you go. You fight for Trump or that's it. But this is one guy that is definitely fighting for Trump. Go Mo. Uh, Congressman, it is great to have you with us. Uh, some would say that this is an extreme move that you are making to challenge uh, the electors. Uh, give us your thinking, your philosophy behind it. Well, it's happened many times in the past. Uh, apparently, uh, some folks have not uh, done their history. Uh, by way of example, the Democrats in the House tried it in 2017 when they tried to strike Alabama's That's votes right. for um, Donald Trump. Georgia, the same way. The House Democrats tried to strike it. Barbara Boxer tried to strike uh, Ohio for George Bush. 
uh, back in 2005. So uh, this is not unusual. Uh, the law is very clear. Uh, the House of Representatives, in combination with the United States Senate, has the lawful authority to accept or reject electoral college vote submissions from states that have such flawed election systems that they're not worthy of our trust. And in this instance, with what has happened nationally, uh, I'm quite confident that if we only counted lawful votes cast by eligible American citizens, Donald Trump won the Electoral College, and we should not be counting uh, illegal votes and putting in an illegitimate president of the United States. Well, where we're headed as a country is this, quite simply. Uh, we're a republic, and the bedrock of a republic is an honest and accurate voting system. And if you don't have an honest and accurate voting system, then you may as well throw out the claim that you're a republic. You've, you've lost that right. You've lost the control of your government. Uh, and under those circumstances, those who can steal the most votes, who can engage the most voter fraud and get away with it, are going to be the ones that rule the roost in Washington, D.C. That's not what our founding fathers wanted. That's not what a million or so Americans who have lost their lives in wars wanted giving us uh, this republic, this democracy, where we could control our own fate and our own destiny. So I have a choice. I can either sit back and surrender and be a part of the surrender caucus, or I can fight for our country. And that's what I'm going to do. So on January the 6th, I'm going to object to the submissions of electoral college votes from various states that, in my judgment, have such flawed election right. systems that their uh, vote counts are unworthy of our ratification in the United States Congress? Well, let me be real clear. Um, this effort for it to succeed requires the participation of the American people who do not want their vote negated by an illegal vote someplace else in some other part of the country. And the remedy for them, if they want to stop voter fraud and election theft is to contact their congressmen and senators and demand, demand that they get active on January the 6th, that they co-sponsor these objections to various state submissions of flawed electoral college vote totals and state quite plainly to their senators and congressmen that if you don't fight for America, I will never vote for you again and I will fight against you. That is the only way for us to get the votes needed on the House floor and the Senate floor is for the American people to rise up and say, we support our country, we support our republic, and we demand an honest and accurate election system, not the systemically flawed one that we saw in this past November. Hallelujah. I wanted to play all of that. That was his excellent interview on Lou Dobbs. He should be the senator from Alabama, and I hope that he runs again. That was amazing because it really... It really breaks it down exactly what's going on. And this is a this is the reason that we are in the situation that we're in in America writ large. The citizen is not participating in their government. Most people that will, you know, that are complaining about stuff that's happening in their country are not doing anything to participate in the in the. A representative government that we have okay but that's this is an action item gomo thank you so much for fighting for him we need to count the legal votes not the illegal votes not the fraud votes not the multiple votes this whole thing was a scam from the beginning and i would love to see if there's any communication between the democrat party and the chinese communist party on putting this together because the whole pandemic came just in time for the election so that we could have this mail-in ballot absentee voter stuff go 
massive. Okay. That's what it was all about. So thank you so much, Mo Brooks. Tweet him. If you're on Twitter, go send him a thank you. Call your representatives. Force them. I have been tweeting over and over again. Here's the deal. I'm not in Georgia, but I'm telling them. Either the GOP stands for Trump for November 3rd, or Georgia voters will not stand for them January 5th, and we will not stand for them after that. Okay? We talked to Representative Anthony Sabatini earlier. Colonel Warshick is a conservative. You better stand for Trump, because in standing for Trump, you're standing for us. Anyways, you're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your hot-headed, red-headed host, always pushing the conservative narrative. We will see you on the flip side of the break. More Brook Talks America coming up. To Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Warship and on AM860, the answer Salem Media Group. Now, before I get in with Jim, uh, I, Jim, I just want you to hear this audio. Uh, I mentioned it earlier with uh, Anthony. This is DeSantis blasting the reporter. The Rebecca Jones raid before it happened. What? Excuse me. Were you aware that the Rebecca Jones raid was about to happen? It's not a raid. I mean, I, with all due respect, um, what you just said is editorializing. They, sir, excuse me, excuse me, no, excuse me. I'm not going to let you get away with it. These people did their jobs. They've been smeared as the Gestapo for doing their jobs. They did a search warrant. Why did they do a search warrant on the house? Because her IP address was linked to the felony. What were they supposed to do? Just ignore it? Of course not. They went. They followed protocol. We actually have video from the Tallahassee PD showing that they were very respectful. She was not cooperative. It was not a raid. They were serving valid process in accordance with the laws and constitution of the United States and the state of Florida. They did it with integrity. They did it with honor. And to say it's a raid uh, is, is disinformation. And you guys need to drop question and sir, that's why I have very limited time. Excuse me. You guys need to look at facts and stop trying to feed narratives. I understand why you do it. How awesome is that? Okay. Listen, if you are running for office as a Republican, you need to watch that over and over and over again. If you cannot stand the heat, do not get into the kitchen. Okay. If you're a Republican, especially a conservative, they already hate you. They're going to go after you with everything that they have. So you better be ready for it. That's how you fight back. Okay. Just like our great President Trump fights back. That's how you fight back. So watch it over and over again, as I mentioned. So just I, I have I'm not going to play the audio clip, but I just wanted to uh, I heard something good. If, if God forbid, you know, they're able to s- successfully pull off the steal. Biden has talked with a a progressive audience today and actually mentioned this crazy word that the Democrats have never heard about, which is the Constitution. And he was talking specifically about AR. Remember that he said that uh, Bobby Francis was going to be his gun czar, that he couldn't do it under the Constitution. I say range up, arm up, weapon up, but at least he says 
that, uh, you know, he wasn't able to do it. But anyways, so, Jim, uh, with regard to the election, Dominion has threatened Sidney Powell. Not surprising, right? Well, of course, she has been so hardline, hardcore going after Dominion and exposing everything they've been doing. They had no recourse but to come after her. They sent her a letter from from their law firm that basically said, you've exposed what we're doing and we don't like it. And if you continue to do this and if you don't um, ref, you know, refuse and, and recant anything you said, you know, we're going to charge you with defamation. And then they went on this long tirade about how their employees have been stalked and harassed and have received death threats. When you're conducting a electoral coup mm-hmm. using the systems at hand to do so, what do you expect from American citizens who want the elections to be free, fair, and under the Constitution? So Sidney Powell is correct, and I, I just have to editorialize one point on this. Why are we even talking about Joe Biden being president-elect? This election... I never was, said it. I'm just saying. This yeah. election is totally fraudulent, unlike any other election seen before in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the most communist countries never went to the extent that we went to went through with this, and we're still going through the motions of trying to find out what went wrong. It's so obvious, and Americans just need to, you know, if you are, if you call yourself an honest person, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, n- non-affiliated with any party, independent, understand what truth is, and there's no truth here. This, uh, this election was so, so fraudulent, it's unbelievable. Well, thankfully, though, as I mentioned with Mo Brooks, we played that audio. Senators, some, some of the senators and congressmen are starting to step up, which they're going to need. So they sent a slate of Republican electors to match the Democrat electors, which was never, which hasn't been done. So that was really good, and it gave them uh, standing. Uh, not in the standard, you know, the usual sense to actually continue on with the fight against the electoral uh, college steal. So you have Mo, Annie Biggs, Tubber, uh, Tommy Tuberville, and Rand Paul, as I mentioned. So explain what they're doing and why it's important. Okay, on January sixth, when it goes to a joint house to count the votes from the electoral college, as long as there is at least one Republican senator and one Republican. Um, congressman or woman, and that would be Mo. That will be. He's already said he's be doing Mo. it. Yeah. They can call into question, and then they have to go into session and discuss this. And they can um, disavow the votes put forward, and this eventually gets down into um, how the vote will go. They'll have. They'll have to. Uh, it'll have to go to the Senate, and the Senate gets to pick the vice president, and obviously the Republicans control the Senate and the and the Senate Republicans like Vice President Pence and the US House will have to go to uh will pick the president but it's not by the members of the house it's the representatives of how each state falls out and right now uh in Republic- the delegation in the delegation exactly the Republicans uh lead uh 30 to 20 in the US House with regard to how uh, the states go, and it'll it'll come down to those thirty or some variation of them uh, voting for President Trump. And I'm sure there might even be some Democrats who might vote for Trump, even though 
uh, or some states that might vote to him where it was close. So, you know, that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, there's other th- legal challenges at, at bay that still haven't fallen out, and there's all kinds of other things going on, and we'll talk about that. Well, and Tulsi, who is not running again, might actually uh, might actually vote for that. She actually did something great. This is on a little side note. She she wants to put a plan forward to redirect profits from corporations allowed to remain open to small businesses forced to close. I think that's actually a really good idea myself. But so on the uh, the Biden transition, this has made them crazy. Of course, it was um, the Pentagon abruptly stops the Biden transition defense briefing until after the holidays they say it's for the corona is that it is there something more to it well there's 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 probably some politics in here other than the fact that he's completely in bed with the chinese communist party you know that little side note exactly (laughs) a week ago maybe even a little bit more than a week ago i put out on my facebook post that the pentagon was going to stop their briefings with biden and nobody paid attention to it until uh, this week, a couple of days ago, when it came up again, as you, as you mentioned here. Um, essentially, is they're taking a break. They're taking a break during the Christmas holiday, and, and rightly so. And we'll see what happens after the Christmas break, which will go through um, probably January 2nd. So, and then on January 3rd, the, the, the Congress, uh, the new Congress receipts, and we'll see what happens after that. So it's a it's a critical two-week period. They're not going to do any briefings to Biden. And, you know, you can you can politicize it any way you want, whether it's for the coronavirus or or, um, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm con- I'm convinced. Maybe uh, it has to do with the fact that the Swalwell stuff and knowing that all these Democrats are in bed with it, literally, apparently, with the Chinese. Just and saying. There, there's, there's so it's a national many, security risk. Absolutely, absolutely. There's so many ways to look at it. And just the fact that President Trump has front-loaded the Pentagon with his most loyal supporters who all believe Joe Biden is not the president-elect. Yeah. So we'll have to see. So General Michael Flynn, who was in the last Saturday in D.C. speaking at the thing, he says Trump has options to secure the integrity of the 2020 election. What are those? Okay, the president does... Ha- does have options of course they're not going to put out what his options are that he's looking at beyond the things that you mentioned earlier about that exactly you know he also talked about in his interview he says um you know the president can order the direct seizure of every single voting machine around the country uh he can also order uh within the swing states if he wanted he could order the military capabilities to go in and redo the election that's martial law, right? That's, well, that could be martial that's law. That's what they're because, calling it. But the president under the Constitution can do that, and that's what, what General Flynn was talking about. Um, there's, there's other options there. You know, he has his advisory board at the Pentagon, and he has people like Corin Lewandowski. The and Oath Keepers are actually calling for martial law. Absolutely, and the Oath Keepers, who are a... Former military and, and law exactly. enforcement, yeah. So there are... You know, there are options there, and like I always say, you know, you never telegraph what your options are because you don't need to give a heads-up to your enemy what you might be doing. And that's what's going on here right now. Yeah. Well, it would be interesting to see. Obviously, that makes them crazy. It has been done before. People need to understand. The media is the media is the enemy of the people. Trump was 150,000% right. Okay, the media s- 
says everything. They're total liars. But all of the things that Trump has done whatever or would do have all been done before. So don't believe anything that they say. Georgia, uh, thank God Newsom is also getting this, but Georgia Kemp is, uh, there's a call for a recall. Yeah, that just, it's useless. That just, that just came out uh, early this morning. Uh, a number of people are calling for it. Uh, Mike Lindell, everybody knows who he is. He went out on Twitter, and I think he's the one who started it. And I was listening to a number of radio well, Lynn reports. Lynn Wood has been bashing him, yeah. just destroying him forever. But yeah, Absolutely. So they're, they're calling for a, a, a recall on him. Uh, interestingly, he was at the White House last night for the Christmas party. My hope is that President Trump had a private session with him in the corner and, and get, read him the riot act, so to speak, to let him know where it is. So we'll see what happens on this. There's a great meme out with Trump and the baseball bat that is on my Twitter. Maybe he did that too, Kemp. No, just saying. Anyways. Uh, okay, so on national security issues, Trump meets with the Pentagon leadership. What's up with that? Okay, this was really interesting. They called for a meeting with Christopher Miller, his new acting Secretary of Defense, yesterday. And why is the media going crazy about that? Well, because nothing has been put out specifically about that meeting. What did the president talk about? We don't know. So that was interesting. Of course, a number of things came out with regard to um, two reports that were given to the president by the DNI. One was on Swalwell that basically says he probably should no longer be a member of the House Intelligence Committee. I believe he has disgraced the House as a member of the House. He should just step out and stop being a... But he won't. Stop being a, a congressman. Well, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats will protect They don't care. Him. The other report, nobody knows. A lot of people think it has to do with the executive order that the president signed in 2018. Uh, my indication, the indications I've got, there was a preliminary that was given to him. It's not finished yet. There's been a bit, lot of misconceptions and misreading of how that executive order reads about 45 days after the election, which, you know, I think something is going to come out on that. Well, that'd be interesting. And they're smearing Miller. Because what do Democrats do when they fear somebody? They go after him. They're saying he's not qualified. He he doesn't have enough policy experience. His, most of his experience is in the counterterrorism field. He's doing a good job. He supports the president. He serves at the pleasure of the president, and that's why he's there. Yeah. Remember Ben Rhodes? Oh, he was so qualified. He was a writer. I want to thank Joe, Brian, Yehudi, and Jose for making this show possible. I want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. God bless you. God bless your families. Pray for America. See you next time. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.